in a world that has more than enough information and noise. Is it even possible to truly anchor ourselves and have peace in a scattered world? Hi, this is Pamela and Mary, and we are a mother-daughter team who span two generations but share one message. We will delve into what it looks like to be fully integrated, body, soul, and spirit, and will bring encouragement and hope all along the way. We get it. Life is hard. And let's be real. Hard doesn't even begin to describe it on some days. But we want you to know that you're not alone. And not only that, we are here to come alongside you and cheer you on as you walk out your individual storyline. So join us as we journey together and laugh, cry, and everything in between. Welcome to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey Madre, how's it going? Good morning to you. This is, we're doing this in the morning. We always do. Yeah, I guess. Not always, but we did this morning and I've already had a full morning. I bet you have. Uh, sort of. Yeah. I stayed up late last night. I was at a friend's birthday party. And then when I get home, all my teenagers are like wide awake and they're like, hey, mom, what are you doing? Let's hang out. Oh, yeah. It's like the second day for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm really tired. And they're like, why are you so tired? You're always so tired. I'm like, I'm tired at 11 o'clock at night. Don't get mad at me for being tired at like almost midnight. Normative time. I'm happy and chipper at 7 a.m. Would you like me to jump in your bed on a Sunday morning at 7 and be like, why are you so tired? That's what I always used to say. Yeah. Anyways, so it's a good day. It is a good day. Thank you, Jesus. So today we are continuing our conversation of thankfulness. Last week, we really jumped into what it looks like when God woos us and captivates us with his beauty and how that creates in us such a heart of not just adoration, but hearts overflowing with thanksgiving. And this week, mom, I would love for you to give the introduction of what this week's hearts overflowing is geared towards. Yeah, I would love to open up with this topic today about worship, and that's our response to God's holiness. Because first of all, I really love talking about who God is. And so I think all these parts of who God is that we've talked about and will continue to talk about are all stirring. They're all going to stir our hearts to some sort of response. What I find very yummy, delicious, and wonderful about this issue of God's holiness is that almost anything else we could talk about regarding the things we've already even talked about, we could just take the ones we've talked about, this idea of these miracles that God does, or even if we're calling them miracles, but there's something we so desire, we're so contending for. But when they happen, like we're just full, it's like an explosion goes off. Our hearts are so filled with this overwhelming praise. It's it's a normative response. But we could go on and on. We talked about last week, the beauty that God has created causes us to have this affection and adoration for him. And next week, we're talking about another aspect of that. But I would say with the three out of four that we're doing this month, and this would represent almost any other topic we could bring up about how we would respond to God, it is almost all based on us. Everything is based on us. Our praise and thanksgiving is really based on what God's done for us, what he's given us, where he's helped us, where he's rescued us, right? right? The theme of God's people to God is this response. And I would say that there's something unique about the holiness of God 
in that it provokes from all creation, angels, people, when we're met with a holy God, everything sort of tamps down about us. And now we're peering into the face of God. And the response to that is a kind of holiness within ourselves that comes forward with this type of posture of worship. When it comes to this place of holiness, God is so unique. We can relate to our brokenness, our darkness, our not even being able to connect with a God that's holy. I'm going to read something real quick from Isaiah 6. Isaiah is, um, he's referred to as the holiness prophet. He uses the word holy like more times than all the times combined in the Old Testament. He has this real grid. God has really called him to this place. But he says, in the year of King Uzziah, the year of his death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings, with two he covered his face. Now we're talking about the highest angels that God has created. They're in a they're in a tier of their power and their access to God. This amazing creature, he covers his face with his wings and his feet, and then he flies with the other two. So we're talking about a holy creature that's just a creature, not even God himself. And one called out to another and said, Holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, this is Isaiah, woe is me for I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Now, the idea is that the more near, the more God draws near to us in a way that we sense his presence, the more that we come into the reality of how far away we are from the person of God in terms of who we are as a creature. I think the thing to start with in this connection with how we respond to the holiness of God will have to do with how near God has come to us in our lives. Now, I would say starting off in this area called worship in the Old Testament is always connected more within the holiness of God. It's not like a feeling. It's a response, like a dead man. Yeah. And so that's why we see all these different ways uh, these creatures have responded. So I would say right off the start, some of these, this first and talking about this connection that this is all about God. So if your relationship with God is solely based on every beautiful and good thing that he does for you or gives to you or helps you with and all the things that we're alluding to right now, I would say this is a good place for us to start to try to give this idea of his holiness sort of a different kind of approach. You could start by realizing that maybe something that could be missing in your life 
is to really behold the holiness of God. Because I want to start out by saying the encounters in scripture are crazy. We'll give some examples, but the kind of way that they feel and they respond to the nearness of God is dramatic. But I would say, I don't know too many people who've had the kinds of encounters that we see in scripture. I know a handful, but I would say that this is not something we have to wait on God to move and stir our hearts about his holiness. I would even dare say that the days we're living in, this is something maybe that we should consider to take more seriously, knowing that we're missing a piece of arsenal that God could give us to protect us in these days. All that to say that we have the opportunity. God says that when we draw near, he will reveal himself. I think the kinds of ways that changes our DNA and our whole relationship with God is available to any one of us. It's God's prerogative, how close he comes. So when we're talking about this, of course, God isn't physical. He's always all around us. But the idea of us choosing to sit with him in the beauty of his holiness and our response, whatever that looks like, is much more pure worship than almost any other thing. Now that can happen in worship music. But again, worship in scripture is much more talking about a heart that is so moved that sees God more through this lens of his other than, of his holiness in this one part of who God is. So I start off with that. How about you give us some examples of what that tangibly looks like in people's lives and throughout scripture? Because what I hear you saying is that this idea of the holiness of God is something that it reminds me of. Moses with the burning bush. It's like this ground is holy. Take off your shoes, right? This yes. all throughout scripture where it's almost like this fear of the Lord, the holiness and the majesty of God where God draws near. But in some of those situations, uh, God does show up in very powerful ways. And these people are struck with the fear of the Lord and the holiness of God. So they have no other option but to just fall on their face before the Lord. But what you're presenting is that we don't have to wait for God to come to us in a burning bush, that we can experience the holiness of God and come to him in a heart of worship and awe because of his holiness. So maybe you could give some language and some examples of how we could go about doing that. Yeah, I love that. I think when we talk about inspiration, we can all relate to that word. You and I talk in this podcast a lot about how we can put ourselves in situations. We can even intentionally look for things and ways that will cause us to be more inspired in a wholeness sort of way with our integration. We could apply that to many things, right? In this case, we're applying it to not just who God is, but in our ability to connect with this emotional bond in a deeper way. Now, remember, we've been talking this month about how God is the proactive component. So you have so much emptiness, so much longing, so much brokenness that you are a perfect vessel to be able to receive. We're needy. We're desperate. And the fact is God has already made us ready to respond in ways that are going to be ex super expressive in so many ways. But in this area of worship, in terms of his holiness, I would dare say that this is probably one of those things that people maybe haven't even thought of 
to add to all the tools that they have about all the things we're talking about that can motivate them to not just more thanksgiving and praise, but we go more into this place of awe, the fear of the Lord, a kind of space that God can do easily in a half a second. He could just appear one inch closer to you, so to speak, and you would be on your face. But we're saying that God invites us into this so we can actually choose instead of waiting for some sort of grand moment. He invites us into the Holy of Holies all the time. The invitation is open. So we say, okay, well, when we go into that place, well, that's just, you know, the secret place. It is the secret place. But if in our grid, in our own path, in our journey with God, we have kept it to all the prayers that involve me or my people. Confession is about me, right? Intercession is for this other person. Help them. My, my thanksgiving is because of all these things you have done for me, right? My petition is something I want. These are all forms of prayer. Now, what about last week? We talked about beauty and creation. Would you still consider that in the topic of about us because we're the ones being affected and wooed by this beauty? Or would that be part of acknowledging who God is? Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. Something that definitely people who study these things look at. Because at the end of the day, almost everything affects us. Right. Right. All around us was made for us. Everything is about us, it would seem. But I take the stand, and many other people do as well, that there are some unique parts about God, and we would call that his glory. This idea of his glory being preeminent and being worshipped in a way that's full of truth, the spirit and truth in this way, I think it's very intentional about him. And so I, my personal experience has been that the more I am being cognizant of that and seeking that in God in terms of that my heart posture would line up with the greatness of his self and his holy name. The more that's happened, I would say it's had the most profound effect of anything in my life. Let's take last week, the beauty, because what can happen is if you begin to have this lens of how God is altogether different, that he's separate. Yeah. That's what holy means. It's separate. You're in another world. You're in another camp. This idea of light, the perfection of this light, it's a difficult thing to quantify. But the more we begin to have any kind of foundation with the holiness of God, I think it begins to affect things like that are getting very close to shadowing, to being a little bit of a prism to see God more clearly when we think about things like his beauty. Because we'll first start with those physical things he's created for our good. He doesn't need all this because he's already surrounded with perfect glory and beauty constantly has never been broken from his presence because he is the one who carries all that inside of him. But I do think that these are ways that God can break down things like when we talked about beauty and how that adoration, something you adore, really you begin to think of these gods that people had long ago the more that they have this affection and have this connection, this attachment to this God, in our case, Jehovah God, the only one and true God, the more our emotions start to line up and respond with trust. The more our emotions begin 
to line up with faith because we're beginning to understand the greatness of our God in some of these unique ways that we cannot relate to. Um, so yeah, I, 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 they blend, they begin to integrate. I think the more we're having this grid, but I think this idea of holiness is not one of the main characteristics that we tend to lean into with God. And yet the word is replete with his creatures or his creation, having these contacts at different points in their life that they're connecting with who this God is. I love that we live in the New Testament age and that we have all these beautiful pieces that connect us to God in a much more relational way. God, father, bridegroom, friend, brother. I lean into all those things. Yeah. But I think if we remove this piece of this aspect of his altogether other than holiness and what that really means to him and to us, ultimately the safety it brings for us, knowing that who we are and who he is, that he loves us anyway, we can begin to grow in these places of certainty that as we are, that is still completely full of darkness and full of sin in our everyday lives. And yet God still loves us. We think about that before we were saved, but we forget that we're still walking and surrounded by so much of that, just tainted by the world around us. But you look at things like the flood and so many others examples that just shows that God cannot and will not on certain levels tolerate any kind of unholiness. Yeah. So, but we forget that, right? Because we live under the cross, but yet there's aspects to it that God invites us to draw near to this flame. Right. Right. You and I've talked about this, Mary, in, in private in the past, this idea that you can almost feel and sense Jesus or the father. It's this consuming flame, consuming of love, but holiness yeah. as well. And so as we add that to, let's say our arsenal, of our ability to become more like him and to be more tender towards him. I think there's things that happen in that place. And our response that we're talking about today is a response of worship. So when you're having those moments with God, I've had them. And I would say that the next thing that's bubbling up in your emotions is not let's sing and dance. Right. This is so joyful. Right. That's not the emotion you're feeling. You're feeling a sobriety a sacredness, a fear of the Lord moment, not that you're afraid of God, but that you are very aware yeah. that his nearness, you can even have physical kinds of anxiety yeah. as he draws more near. So we're talking about tapping into that and we're bringing it up as one of those forms of our response to God, because it's something that you have to be a bit intentional for, because it, it really does require definitely solitude, being alone with God and just sitting and inviting him into these spaces. And there's lots of good inspirational things in terms of books and the word itself that can help you draw you into that. Yeah. Yeah. So again, some people might be listening and they might think, okay, so 
I understand when I'm reading some of these epic stories throughout scripture or even reading in Revelation where the living creatures are falling down in their face saying, holy, holy, holy. Not that we would conjure that up within us like, okay, now I have to make myself feel the holiness of God. But maybe you could just give us some examples, even in your own life, like you said, that you've experienced that where you've been intentional to sit before the Lord and just think on his holiness and how that's moved you into worshiping him in this way. Yeah, that's good. I would say that I think if we take things that we can relate to, like when we enter our time with the Lord, we think about talking to God. We call that prayer. We have things that we always want from God that we're desperate for, that we're needing. And all these parts of prayer that we enter into with God, we've got those things down. How many scriptures we want to read, what book we're reading, what worship music we're listening to. So I have found for the most part that just depending on what I'm in, God can begin to lead me in that direction because of my time of sitting with him. He can just take me in a place that I wasn't expecting to go. And he shows up in a way I wasn't necessarily expecting. However, I would say there's been oftentimes throughout my life that I have had a hunger for this. And I think part of the hunger is being awakened that this is an aspect of God that we might not be seeking as much as we're seeking other aspects of his face or his hand. We want to also have this part of who God is. Desiring this, it's not like some sort of hallucinogenic trip or something. What I'm saying is that this can be normative for us with the other things and the ways that we look for what we're desiring from God or understanding who he is or encountering him. I think it's as simple as saying, like for me, I started, this would be a more recent one, maybe in the last several years. There's a book called The Excellencies of Christ, and it just maps out these things in depth, and it's a workbook. So there's millions of great scriptures. So you could look maybe instead of for book you're reading, maybe you could look for like more of a workbook that will lead you through this maze of something beautiful about God, in this case, these excellencies, these things. And this is one of those chapters in that book. So, I mean, there's ways that we can seek out. We say that we understand we can seek out wisdom. We can seek out ways to understand the word of God. If we're confused completely, there's practical things that we can do. I think regarding this part of who God is, it's no different in some ways than any other. We start with that cognitive. We say, God, teach me of your holiness. Lord, what do you mean with the term, the fear of the Lord? What does that mean for me? That was another major piece of my life. I knew that God had, I, I think I've said this before on this podcast, that God doesn't want us to see him through a lens that we have to be afraid of him as his child. However, there is this distinct thing that's fear of the Lord. So I had a curiosity about that and then ended up sitting on that for a long period of time at at one point in my life. When God shows up in ways that I would say are somewhat miraculous in this way of his presence, I would never have dreamed of seeking those because it seems like that's God's prerogative to show up in those ways. And I hesitate to name some of those because that could become like the goal. But I would say in a more day-to-day way, or maybe even every now and then, I think the more this muscle 
this muscle of faith about his holiness, that it means something to me. It may seem irrelevant, but this is another way that we can access God and have a response to him that might be different than jumping up and down. Our attention span can be pretty short, even when we're with the Lord. I think these are some of the greater treasures that lie inside of the Godhead for us to access. And I think it, it's very helpful, particularly if we're living, let's say, in the days of Noah. So I think it can strengthen us to help resolve some of those things that we're surrounded with day in and day out of darkness and perversions and lying and things being twisted in every way. I think saturating ourselves in the holiness of God, yes, there is an aspect of the fear of the Lord, but I assure you, it's not the kind of fear you might be thinking about. And moreover, saturating ourselves with the beauty of the holiness of God washes us and cleanses us and causes us to be much more aware of not only who God is, but this is who we are being called to be. So Yes, the response is a little bit different. We're calling worship in this sense, the worship of his holiness and what effect that has on us. It does have a certain response, but I believe it also does other things inside of us in terms of cleansing and realigning us to what our standard and the bar even is, which is not perfection for us, but it's being more aware and falling in love with the beauty of holiness. We find that so beautiful that we can barely take it in. Yeah, I know this is definitely something that I've had to learn and to grow in of what this looks like and how to walk this out, how to, we talked about last week about gleaning. There's so many opportunities to glean. And I think this idea of sitting with the Lord and asking to behold more of who he is in this idea of his holiness and altogether other than is just another aspect that we could be missing out on. And I know for me, when I think about how can I walk in this more, Lord, how can I see you more rightly of who you are? I think for me, it really is just sitting in the words. We use the word meditating, but we just mean just sitting on verses where it's just declaring who God is and just sitting in, in just one verse, two verses, and then sitting before the Lord yes. and saying, okay, Lord, I'm reading this. I'm seeing these words, but make them come to life in my heart. Having this actual dialogue with the Lord as you're reading the scripture, um, I think of Psalm 33. Uh, it's been a Psalm that I sit in. I read, I read again, I read again. And just one verse from that is like, oh Lord, when I think about King David, I think he got it. He had the revelation of God's holiness and God's faithfulness. Yes. And what I love about Psalm 33 is it takes you like on this journey. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. So it's, it's saying, yes, let's give thanksgiving. Let's give praise and honor and worship. Then it goes on to declare who he is and what he's done. By the yes. word of the Lord, the heavens were made. So it's declaring this is yes. who God is, regardless of what we do, regardless of anything. This is our God. This is what he's done. Yes. And then it goes yes. on to say, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of yes. the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. I mean, that is the holiness of God. How can anyone question that God, the justice yes. of the Lord? 
And I love how Psalm 33 ends because after saying in the beginning, yes, we give thanks to the Lord. This is who God is. And then it ends with, we wait in hope for the Lord for he is our help and our shield. It goes back to, like you said, our petition and our cry of saying, oh God, we hope and wait for you because who else is there? So I love this. And there's so many different verses and chapters that probably just encompass all sorts of these. But I love this specific chapter because I do feel like when it comes to how do we implement this, sometimes it isn't like, okay, now this is my time where I sit in holiness. It's a journey with the Lord. We come to the Lord probably with a petition, probably with something on our heart, probably with something we're struggling with. And then that leads us to so many of these lament Psalms of like, oh God, my heart is aching. I'm breaking. Oh Jesus, but you alone are faithful. You are the one who's above everything. You are good and you're worthy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And so just sitting with the Lord and rather than just being like, okay, I prayed, but then stay in it a little longer, stay in those verses a little bit longer and say, Lord, how can these verses like now take hold like deep within me? And sometimes it really is just sitting a little bit longer with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit and just asking the Lord to reveal these things in a deeper way. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that chapter. I there's a really long chapter and I didn't write the number of it down in Psalms that I was in this morning. But yes, David is just, I love David because he will oftentimes, especially if you see a longer one, you can almost be sure he's going to start with one thing and then go into another and then go here. And then he comes back over here and he's such a perfect picture of humanity and such a good representation for all of us because his heart is engaged in each one of these pieces. And so I think at the end of the day, the whole book of Psalms, and it's something so relatable for us, because the longer we sit and the longer we just stay with God, and you'd be surprised how little time that it really takes. We're not talking about hours. We're just talking about staying in something for 10 minutes. And that can feel long if that's new to you. The idea that all these kinds of things get stirred in us when we're reading the word because there isn't anything quite like the word to bring things alive to our hearts. It comes down to the way we approach God, what we're looking for from God, and then our experiences when we're with God. What we want to continue to do is to see that God is high and lifted up and that Everything that we benefit from in this world comes from God's hand. But remember, everything that God has created, everything, including humanity, at the pinnacle, he claims is the pinnacle of his creation. We are still just created. It's easy to approach God our whole lives with what can you do for me, God? What do you got for me today? Got anything else? We can become dull. And this is why God is so reminding us to praise him, to be thankful. He says, your lips are far from me. Don't just say it. Don't just go through the motions. He's saying he wants a heart of gratitude, a heart of adoration, a heart of worship. Now, I'm telling you, the only way that can come in a way that is profound because we've been impacted by it is that we actually have been impacted by it, right? 
So this is what God is wanting to do. He's wanting to meet with us in a way that we're being changed. Anything that has to do with his creation is still just a shadow of who he is. God is not his creation. God is outside of his creation and he wants to be worshiped in spirit and in truth for who he is. I would say at the end of the day, this idea about worshiping him in his holiness, this is just a call, a charge to all of us to remember that our relationship with God can always evolve to something more and greater. And if our relationship is mostly about his hand and rescuing us, which he's happy to do every day, and he does do for us every day, but that our walk with him would go maybe a little bit deeper into some of these places of pondering things that are so great and other about God and starting with his holiness is a beautiful place to begin. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the More Than Enough podcast. We are still busy behind the scenes setting up our website, but for now, if you would like to stay up to date or follow along, you can follow us on Instagram at Girls. That's A-M-E-S-G-I-R-L-S. We know that because we're a newer podcast, one of the best ways for people to find us is through reviews. So if you would take just a few minutes and write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would be so grateful. Thank you so much again for joining us, and we look forward to chatting it up again with you next week. Have a lovely week.